Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The month of April kind of came and went without a ton of U.S. Men's National Team news. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, Stephen Goff of the Washington Post just drops this bombshell article with this interview with Greg Berhalter where he just reveals all this information. Like, any one of these bits of information on their own probably would have represented their own video. But the fact that he put them all together in one spot, I mean, let's go over this. I mean, he talked about players that are going to be coming in, they are going to be called into this camp that weren't a part of World Cup qualifying. That's really exciting. He talks about some players who are not going to be in this camp uh, that are players that we are definitely interested in talking about. He talked about a mysterious dual net that's going to be a part of this camp that is also really exciting. He talked about formation changes. He talked about all kinds of stuff, and we need to go over that right now on this episode of the Yank Report. What's up? My name is Sam. This is the Yank Report, the show we talk about the U.S. men's national team. If you're into that, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. Things are starting to heat up right now as we ramp into this June window, which is going to be absolutely electric. One of the last times that we get to see the boys before they head off to Qatar for the 2022 World Cup. So it's going to be a huge window for a lot of reasons. And Greg talked about that in his interview. We're going to jump into who is in and who is out, first of all. But first, let's have a word from today's sponsor. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including the latest odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join or use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So we've been debating ever since the end of World Cup qualifying and really during World Cup qualifying, what's going to be made of these friendlies uh, in these uh, Nations League windows prior to the World Cup. There's not going to be very many games and not going to be very many opportunities for the group to get together prior to the World Cup. So we've been speculating, is this going to be an opportunity for Greg to just bring in a whole bunch of players? Is he going to be instituting a lot of different changes? Are there going to be big shakeups? Those are questions that we've been having about what we're going to see in the June window. Now, Greg answered one of those questions right off top. He said, it's not about reinventing the wheel. It's going to be about fine-tuning. So with that being said, you would think that that meant that we're not going to see a ton of changes to the group uh, heading into this June window that it would be a lot of what we saw with World Cup qualifying and just more minutes for the guys to gel together. But then he started revealing a lot of other information. I think, first of all, two big names, two players that a lot of people are clamoring for to see in the U.S. Men's National Team jerseys are going to be a part of the June window, and that is Haji Wright, the forward, and Cameron Carter-Vickers, the, uh, the the center back that has been lighting it up in the Scottish Premier League. Let's talk about Haji Wright first. I mean, I've been watching Haji Wright since he was like 16 years old playing for the national team. He is, I mean, if you were doing a creative player in uh, FIFA 22, you'd probably design Haji Wright. I mean, he is very tall. He is very fast. He is very physical. Athletically, he is absolutely elite. And if you watch some of his highlights for uh, his team right now in the Turkish League, you can see that physicality on display. He can absolutely blow by defenders. He can shrug center backs off. He might be the biggest human in Turkey right now. uh, And that's absolutely on display. Now, the thing about Haji Wright that's always been the question mark about his game is two things. It's what he does with the ball at his feet 
at his soccer IQ. If you remember not too long ago, a few seasons ago, uh, Haji Wright was at Schalke, and Schalke had a bunch of injuries, and they had a lot of players out. And, and Haji actually got the opportunity to play number nine for Schalke for a pretty long run out of games. And the thing about Haji at Schalke is I really felt like whenever Haji was playing striker at Schalke, Schalke was playing down like 10 minutes. You know, it was almost like Haji wasn't on the field because he wasn't on the same page as the rest of his teammates. He wasn't synchronized. It always felt like he just wasn't in the right place at the right time. He was always chasing the play and never where he needed to be. And whenever the ball did touch his feet, he didn't have that technical ability to really play with the rest of the Schalke squad. Now, that was a few years ago. Since then, he's been on an absolute tear. He's had, uh, I, I believe he had a loan move to VVV in the Dutch League. You know the team I'm talking about. But recently, I believe he had a stint over in Denmark where he was lighting it up and he got a loan move over to Turkey and he's been in absolute tremendous form in Turkey. If you watch some of the highlights, if you watch what he's been doing, I mean, he has an absolute cannon of a shot and he can hit him from distance, man. And he's done so. And he seems to be finding himself in the right places to score goals and he's just pouring them in right now. So it's going to be really exciting to see how he slots in with the rest of the national team. Now, I know I just made a video about Jesus Ferreira and how excited I am about Jesus Ferreira. One of the things that I really love about Jesus Ferreira and Ricardo Pepe, for that matter, is both of those players have a really high soccer IQ. They seem to know exactly what they need to be doing on the field at all times. And whenever you look at the rest of our squad, even though our squad has a bunch of young players, I feel like a lot of those guys have a really high soccer IQ. Like Tyler Adams, I think, is an absolute genius at, at reading the game. But even guys like Tim Weah, I think Weston McKinney, I think Luca De La Torre, even Serginho Des, Christian Pulisic, of course. A lot of these guys, Gio Reyna, read the game very well. And, and they they play very intelligently. They move very well. And, and whenever they know what the other guy is going to do, they're able to put together some really nice sequences. So I'm curious to see how Haji Wright fits in there. Is he going to be able to compete with those guys? Or, or is he going to be able to play with those guys is he going to be able to get synchronized and show off that tremendous athletic ability how is Greg how does Greg see Haji right in the squad I'm very anxious to see how that plays out we know how rough our striker death chart is looking right now uh, so any help to that is going to be tremendous the other guy is Cameron Carter Vickers and Cameron Carter Vickers is a defender that a lot of people have been calling for throughout World Cup qualifying he wasn't able to get a look throughout World Cup qualifying but Greg said he's going to be part of the June window now Cameron Carter Vickers is a player that he got bought he was at Tottenham was never really able to make the grade at Tottenham uh, he was in the English championship for a little while now he's found uh, it seems like he's found a home at Celtic he's become one of the top uh, center backs in the Scottish Premier League and this season was absolutely tremendous for him uh, if you look at Cameron Carter Vickers I mean he's an absolute pit bull he's physical he's he's able to get in there and win a lot of duels and if you heard Greg Berhalter's remarks about what he's looking for his center backs or what he's looking for from his center backs in his latest podcast with Bobby Warshaw he talks about winning duels and one-on-one -on -one defending and I think you'll get a lot of that from Cameron Carter Vickers what you're always concerned about with Cameron Carter Vickers is his ability with the ball at his feet is his passing now if you look at the stats he has very very high pass accuracy uh and a lot of passes at Celtic right now I think a lot of that is due to Celtic just being dominant and and having the ball and having a lot of space whenever I watch his highlights a lot of his passes are very simple. They're either to the other center back or to the right back. He's not really hitting a lot of line splitting passes. You're not going to see a lot from him under pressure. I'm not sure he's going to be a tremendous upgrade in the possession side of the game for our center backs, but he could do a lot of the same things that we're seeing from Miles Robinson and Walker Zimmerman. He fits that mold very well, so I think that he can slot in and at best... 
at best, I think he's a better version of Walker Zimmerman. If not, he's another one of those cannonballs that can be in defense and, and seems to be working really well for the U.S. Who who's looking to play that high line and and looking for their center backs to to win duels, to press, to pressure, uh, to cause problems up the field, and then to just hand it off to uh, some of our more talented players in possession. Now the other little micro bombshells that Greg threw out there regarding players who will be in the camp uh, is Weston McKinney and Chris Richards. Greg believes that both of those players should be healthy enough to be a part of the team. In Weston McKinney's case, that would be absolutely tremendous because I really felt like even though Weston McKinney didn't play a ton of, what did he, he didn't he only played a handful of games for the national team. Whenever he was in those games, you could tell that he was, I mean, the beating heart of the team. And I think He's one of those players that absolutely needs to be in the squad for the squad to be the squad. Uh, so if you guys understand what I mean by that, I think he's one of those players that is just so important to, to what the team is trying to do. So to have him on the field, even if it's just being around and practice and stuff and being part of the group, I think is really important building continuity as we move forward. The other is Chris Richards. And Chris Richards was you know injured coming into World Cup qualifying and then he gets injured at the tail end. I think he's a player that's continuing to grow as a center back. I think, you know, we look at, uh, we just talked about Cameron Carter-Vickers and what Greg Berhalter is looking for in a center back. I think Chris Richards has all that athleticism. I think he can win those duels. Maybe not so much, maybe not as dominant as Miles Robinson or Walker Zimmerman in the air. But outside of that, uh, he he certainly has that athletic ability and that one-on-one defending uh, and, and very mobile can get all over the field. But he also offers you a lot more in possession. And that's an exciting thing uh, to see with the center back pool where, somebody like Miles Robinson, he's just not going to offer a tremendous amount with his feet. I think Chris Richards can do that. Uh, So hopefully he's back to where he was right before he got injured, which was, you know, playing at a fairly high level over at Hoffenheim and and being very effective and playing week in and, and week out, even though he wasn't, and every game starter, he was getting a lot of minutes for Hoffenheim. Uh, so hopefully we'll get that Chris Richards back and he'll have a tremendous start to the next season and he'll continue to grow and maybe, just maybe, he's our number one center back heading into the World Cup. We'll see what happens there. Now already that's a lot of information and we're only halfway through unpacking it. Let's go over the players that Greg said won't be a part of the June window or maybe his words are more like probably won't be a part of the June window. The first one's Ricardo Pepe. Now, Ricardo Pepe... He hit a run of form last year whenever he was in FC Dallas where he was just scoring everything in sight. He hit the national team. He scored some goals there and was just on a rocket ship. Gets that big transfer move to Osberg for all that money. And then has sort of started to kind of, you know, lose a little bit of that sizzle that he had early on. And and that that form kind of translated to the national team as well. And it, it just hasn't been great for Ricardo Pepe to end the season over at Osberg. So Greg said that he's probably going to uh, use uh, the, the June window as a mental break and won't be a part of the group. I'm a little disappointed with that. I, I still want him to be a part of this group. I still think that he's got a tremendous amount of ability and it's just about kind of finding finding that moment, finding that form for it to click again in his brain and then he, the, he'll be off to the races once again. But it's looking like he won't get that opportunity. Maybe that means more minutes for somebody like Haji Wright, which is, which is exciting in its own right. The other big bombshell, and this is a story that we've been tracking for a long time now, is that Greg said John Brooks is likely not going to be a part of the June window. It's specifically Greg said, 
I would rather see what CCV can do. I already know what John can do. Uh, so this seems to be another uh, just piece of the puzzle saying that John Brooks is probably not going to be a part of the group heading into the World Cup. Now, I did a full video on why John Brooks is not a part of the squad, uh, though I, I, the speculation continues to run rampant about you know possible uh, locker room issues or, or, or possible issues with Greg Berhalter. I think, I think I've come a long way on that discussion, and I think I've gotten to the point where I feel like I, I really think that John Brooks just doesn't have the legs to, to cover the way that uh, Greg Berhalter wants his center backs to cover. Uh, and he's opting for more athletic center backs. Guys like CCV, guys like Miles Robinson, Walker Zimmerman, Chris Richards, even Aaron Long are, are tremendous athletes and co- can cover a lot of ground. John Brooks just can't quite do that. Now, the other two bits of disappointing information is he also said Serginho Des and Gio Reyna aren't going to be a part of this group as well, or likely won't be a part of this group as well, which which really sucks because uh, Gio Reyna is a player that just hasn't been a part of World Cup qualifying. He's only played like three games or something like that in World Cup qualifying, and it, it's 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 a tremendous blow for the group because he's just such a phenomenal player, such a game changing player. I think even in the even in the short amount of time that we got to see him, I mean, that game against Panama to close it out where he just had some phenomenal passes against Mexico in the Azteca whenever he went on that run and was just absolutely unstoppable. Even in the first qualifier against El Salvador where even though the U.S. offense was completely struggling, Gio Arena was at one bright spot and was providing continuous opportunities. I mean, he's just a difference maker on the field. It really sucks that we're not going to see what this offense looks like with Gio Arena on the field. I think he, I think he solves a lot of issues. I think his creativity and his uh, vision in the final third and, and his scoring ability in the final third and his physicality just adds so much to this team and 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 fix a lot of the issues that we were seeing throughout World Cup qualifying. Unfortunately, he's not going to be a part of the group. Uh, very likely not going to be part of the group. Hopefully that means we'll get a well-rested Geo to start the season and he'll be right where he left off. And this is just a footnote in the outstanding World Cup that he's going to have and he's just going to go on to be the super great player but he probably won't be a part of the June window the other player not going to be a part of the June window Serginho Dest Serginho Dest has been injured not injured injured not injured came back to Barcelona play got injured again it's been a kind of a yo-yo season for Serginho Dest which sucks because he was really turning a corner at Barcelona and and really stepping up his defensive side of his game and really growing into a player that uh, it seems like Xavi was relying on in his in his offense and in his defense as well uh, which was really exciting we're really exciting for Serginho Dest we know the quality that he has we know the goal that he scored against Costa Rica we've seen him meg players we've seen him do ball rolls we've seen him him do all kinds of awesome stuff he is an absolute fan favorite one of my favorite players to watch on the national team or, or for his club team for that matter uh really bummed that he's not going to be a part of this group but that means that another right back is going to have to step up uh we saw a whole host of right backs throughout world cup qualifying i mean uh reggie cannon shaq moore um DeAndre Yedlin, hopefully this is that window where we see Joe Scally. Greg didn't mention him by name. Maybe he's a part of this group, maybe he's not. But without Serginho Dest, that certainly means that there's going to be another right back called in. So uh, we'll see who that is. Uh, But big bummer that it's not going to be Serginho. Another big bit of information that I think we got teased in Greg's uh, podcast with Bobby Warshaw that I guess got confirmed uh, in this interview with Stephen Goff is that 
The U.S. is going to experiment with a three-man back line in the June window. It's something Greg really wants to have up his sleeve for the World Cup. One of the big complaints that we've had about Greg throughout World Cup qualifying, the big complaint that I talked about in the My Beef with Greg Berhalter video is that we really only saw one version of the U.S. men's national team throughout World Cup qualifying. There wasn't a plan B. There wasn't really any other change of emphasis there. It was pretty much the same thing all the way through. Uh, I guess Greg understands that. Maybe he watched the video and is, is thinking about changing things up. Up, uh, but he wants to institute a three-man back line. It's something that a lot of our players play in. Uh, I remember listening to the Orange Slices podcast where Mark McKenzie and Chris Richards both talked about how they prefer it, how they get the ball at their feet a lot more. It's something that Cameron Carter-Vickers has experienced playing in. It's something that, surprisingly, John Brooks plays in week in, week out, and gives him a lot of cover. Uh, so I'm a little surprised that if we're going to experiment with three-man back line, we're not going to bring John Brooks in. It seems like the, the opportunity for him there. But I guess that's not going to happen, so that's a non-starter. But anyway, Greg confirmed that it is going to be a three-man back line, so that's going to be interesting to look forward to see uh, what personnel he brings in specifically for that and uh, how that's going to play out with the national team. I know that's something that a lot of fans have been calling for, myself included. If you actually, actually, if you rewind and go to the first video of World Cup qualifying, uh, I really was gunning for a three-man back line. I felt like this team just worked better in a three-man back line, and it uh, alleviated a lot of our issues at the time. So I'm excited to see what the team looks like in that formation. So we'll see how it plays out. And I think last but not least, probably the biggest bombshell or the most exciting thing, the thing that most people are talking about uh, from that article, was that Greg Berhalter revealed that there's going to be a dual national at the camp uh, that's going to take part. He said a player that hasn't uh, played or made his senior team debut or something like that. So there's been a ton of speculation about who that player may be. One of the leading candidates that we're talking about right now is Malik Tillman. Malik Tillman is the brother of Tim Tillman. Uh, Tim Tillman is a midfielder for Gerda Firth. Uh, Malik Tillman is a uh, he's 19-year-old prospect at Bayern Munich. He's a prospect that has... A lot of people excited about him. One of the quotes that I read is Malik Tillman was originally a Gerda First. Whenever he left to go to Bayern Munich, the president of Gerda First said, the greatest talent they've had in 30 years and his, his departure is a disaster. So that speaks pretty highly of how people feel about, uh, uh, about Malik Tillman. Now, Tillman got a few appearances for Bayern Munich this season in some blowouts. Uh, not a lot to write home about there. There's, he's, there's still a lot of unknowns about his game. Uh, still a lot of unknowns about what position he'll play. He can play, he's listed as an attacking midfielder. He can play the eight. Uh, he can play forward. I saw in an interview, he said that he he, he prefers playing uh, in the midfield. So he can kind of, he said he can score from the midfield and he can kind of operate and do his thing and see the field. Uh, he's a tall young man. He's six foot one. And he says his role model is Paul Pogba. He tries to model his game off of Paul Pogba. So if that gives you kind of any indication to how he'll play. Uh, I know in one of my last videos, we talked about who's going to be the eight for the national team. We need a fourth eight. Uh, Malik Tillman might fit that bill. It's going to be uh, really exciting to see. Now, important note, um, he may or may not get cap tied for this. I mean, if he plays in one of the friendly games, he's not going to be cap tied. And Malik Tillman has represented both Germany and the United States at the youth level. He's a dual international. And he has said in interviews that he is really happy playing for Germany. Uh, so uh, this may or may not be a, an opportunity for him to 
get cap tied if he plays in the Nations League or not. So we'll see how that goes. I have a feeling he's not just just based on the way uh, Greg Berhalter has handled these situations in the past. Uh, I remember way back in Nations League, it, there were some players that he could have cap tied there, but he opted not to. And that's sort of been a stance that he doesn't want to do predatory caps. Uh, so I, I'm assuming that Malik Tillman, if he's the player that's being referred to, uh, wouldn't get capped. Now there's other guys that could potentially be. I've seen people throw out uh, Alex Mighton, Valerian uh, Balogun. Uh, people are talking about maybe Obed Vargas. Just a lot of different dual internationals. Uh, so we'll see who it will be. Uh, but my money is on Malik Tillman, and that that will be the most exciting guy. So that's a lot of new information, guys. It's pretty crazy. We just kind of had a month where everybody was sort of snoozing, kind of just celebrating this uh, this CONCACAF Champions League victory for Seattle, and then all of a sudden these bombshells get dropped, and it's a reminder like, oh, man, we've got some qualifiers coming up in a month. We're probably going to get a lineup released in a couple of weeks, and it's going to be right back into the American soccer thing. And then right after June, it'll be a couple months to September, and then right after September, we are waiting for that first game in the World Cup. It is it is coming close, guys. It's coming close. And shout out to all of you who have been along for the ride. Uh, guys, those are my thoughts on Greg's bombshells. Let me know what you think. Who you think is going to be the mystery duel international. Let me know in the comment sections. Keep it clean down there. As always, si puede hablar español, dígame un comentario en español. If you want the Yank Report in a podcast form, you can get it on the Yank Report podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Make sure you hit the like button, you hit the subscribe button. Uh, you can become a member if you really want to support the channel. And if you are a member, I put uh, an important message in the member section. So go check that out and let me know what you think. Shout out to my tier two members, Manuel Arriveras, Mike Irish, Chris Matassa, and Matthew Doyle. Thank you guys so much for watching. My name is Sam, and this is the Anchor Report, brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.